welcome, welcome, welcome back. Hallelujah. How was the test? I believe it was awesome. All right, hallelujah. Now, I know a number of people were not able to join us live last week, but I'm sure you went back to listen to that message again. Amen and amen, and I believe that you were tremendously blessed, okay? It's another beautiful Tuesday. Are you expectant today? Hallelujah. Are you hungry? I tell you, the Lord is set for us. Amen. I want you to lift up your voice and express your expectation to God right now. And say to the Father, Father, speak to me in this meeting. I want to hear you. I want you to have a desire in your heart to hear God. Hallelujah. You see, when a minister speaks, it's especially where the Holy Spirit is the one inspiring and the minister is also yielded, you are going to hear God clearly. I want you to desire. And you see, you have to lay a demand. Lay a demand on the anointing. Lay a demand on the grace of God. I want you to desire within you right now. Say, Lord, I want to hear you tonight. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me. Oh, thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. You know, one reason I love to pray is because I have confidence that God is listening. Hallelujah. And not just listening, he is answering. Glory to God. How many of you believe that God has answered your prayers? Now lift up your hands and give him praise. The one who is worthy to be praised, worthy to be adored, worthy to be honored. Our great king, our great Messiah. Oh Lord, we worship you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Everlasting Father, we give you praise and glory. We, your children, have come to learn at your feet. We have come to you, O oh God, the hotter of life. Oh, we have come to you, the fountain of life. We have come to you, the one who alone is able to build us, to help us. Oh, Father, we lay demand on your grace and your anointing this day. Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord will teach us all things. Lord, we pray that your Spirit, oh God, is released here today with specific teaching dimensions, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we cry, oh God, that today there will be supernatural illumination. Thank you, Father, because eyes pop open. Thank Thank you for insight into the depths of the mysteries of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because we know your presence is here. Now in this meeting, ignorance is taken away. Now in this meeting, we are empowered with knowledge and revelation. In the name of Jesus, I stand right now as a vessel of the Most High God under his anointing and by his authority. And right now, I declare that this atmosphere is charged by the power of God. I take authority over every contrary spirit and I declare that you have no place in this atmosphere in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of God, please move in our midst and let the angels of God attend to everyone everywhere we are present today. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We adore you. We bless you. Oh, thank you, Father. Lord, I yield myself to you because I know that it is not by power, human power. It's not by might, human might. It's by your spirit. Lord, this is you through me, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you for such amazing presence of your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. You know, I need you to know something as we start this day. 
that it is the Spirit of God that brings the revelation of the Word of God to us. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And that's why you see in this kingdom, in this kingdom of God, the Word and the Spirit, very, very key. Glory to God. And that's why we just have to rely on the Spirit. If we go to the world alone without the spirit, we are going to come back with mere head knowledge. But when we allow the spirit of God unveil the word of God in us, we are going to land with revelation that can transform, revelation that can birth results, revelation that can impact, revelation that can empower. Glory to God. And that's your portion this evening in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me once again welcome every woman on board this evening. Let me welcome every, you know, GO, every GO's wife, every pastor's wife, associate pastors, okay, um, assistant pastors. Let me welcome women that are in ministry. And I want to say to you that you are welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, we started refined last week and we thank God for his presence and his grace and glory. Hallelujah. All right, right now we are going into the second lecture in this course. I remember last week, the Lord specifically began to show to us, you know, the purpose, you know, of, of, of creation, the purpose of man in that sense. Why all this? What happened? And what God is actually up to in our time? Hallelujah. And God is in the business of recreating men. How many of you remember that? Hallelujah. So whatever it is we are doing today, we need to join the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to partner with him, with what is doing on the face of the head. And that will take us to our teaching today, glory to God. And this day, I want to start by speaking to you on the call. Hallelujah. Someone said the call. Now, by way of foundation, man is primarily a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. Hallelujah. Now, we need to agree on that. Amen. In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, Bible says, and the very God of peace sanctify you only. So you will agree with me that when you're talking about man in the dimension of allness, okay, then he's talking about our whole spirit, soul, and body. Glory to God. And when you look at scriptures, when Bible will refer to man in these three dimensions, it talks about the spirit first. Why? Because the spirit is the true essence of man. Hallelujah. A man has a soul. Now, I've heard it before. Some say man is a soul. I'm going to agree. I mean, I'm going to disagree with that. That man is a soul. Because if man were merely a soul, then we are not different from animals. Hallelujah. So animals are basically, you know, beings that are just soul and body. Amen. And that's why when you kill an animal today, the animal ceases to exist. But when you kill a man, okay, of course we won't kill a man. <laughs> Glory to God. Or let me rather <laughs> phrase it this way. When a man dies, okay, the man does not cease to exist. Glory to God. Okay, so what happens with that man is that he is separated from life. He could be separated from physical life. You call that physical death. Separated from the life of God, spiritual life. You call that spiritual death. Amen. So it is because man exists in a form that cannot be ended. Hallelujah. Spirit 
spirits don't die. Men, man cannot die. Amen. Please, do you understand that? So man is primarily a spirit. I will show you again when God made that body out of, you know, the ground and formed it into a man in the book of Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Hallelujah. Bible says, you know, just imagine that body that was formed. It was there on the, on the, on the floor. There was no life in it. It was, it was lifeless. Glory to God. How did life come? Amen. Life come by the, I mean, life came by the breath of life. That spirit, God put spirit in man. Hallelujah. And immediately, that spirit entered into that body. Man became what? A living soul. Hallelujah. Amen. So, man is not a soul that does not have a spirit. I'll put it to you in another way. You see, man is that being on earth today that can both function in the physical and in the spiritual. Hallelujah. And it's because of how he's been made. Bible says that let us make man in our image and in our likeness. In the book of, you know, John chapter number 4 and verse 24, Bible clearly states that God is a spirit. Hallelujah. So if God is going to make one in his likeness, he's likely to going to make one in his likeness is likely to make one as a spirit. Amen and amen. So God made another spirit being but can function in the physical realm. Why? Because he made him to be the ruler on earth. Hallelujah. Oh glory to God. And this is so important because man exists in these three dimensions. Hallelujah. So um there are three dimensions to what one can do on the face of the head. A number of people have come to me, um, have been trying to know my calling. I've heard several people say the way to know your calling is um, just look at yourself. Um, what do you like doing? What are your passions? You know, and things like that. Let's look into God's word today. Now, because man exists in these three forms, please listen to me. There are three levels or dimensions to what man can do on the face of the earth, especially because of what the fall did to man. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. All right? In the redemption of Christ, oh, hallelujah, Christ did not stop at redeeming man because the man that he would have redeemed or he, he redeemed if he had stopped at redemption. Please listen to me carefully. If he had stopped at redemption, okay, so he would have, he would have you know, paid the price to buy that man back in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You see that? So he would have bought that fallen man back with his blood. So he's bought back, he's redeemed. He would have forgiven the man. That man would have been a forgiven sinner. Please understand me. Amen. The man would have been a forgiven sinner. And that's why I need you to know that you are not a forgiven sinner. You are more than that. The process of getting you back from the fall started with you, you know, the price for you being paid. Jesus paid the full price. You must understand that. Okay? And you were bought back. All right. So the price was paid. After being bought back, you were forgiven your sin. You know, I remember um, the problem of the fall of man was not just a problem of transgression. Please understand it. If the problem of the fall of man were mere transgression, then forgiveness would have been enough to get man back. True or false? So it was beyond transgression. When we get to doctrine, we talk about some of those things. Okay? So 
what God needed to bring man back was much more than just shedding his blood, you see that, and, um, and dying and forgiving man in that sense. So if man had just been brought back and forgiven, we would have been a forgiven sinner. But God did not stop there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you know what he did? Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. He recreated us. Amen. I'm a new creation. Ah, a brand new man. All things are passed away. I'm born again. More than a conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. What about you? Hallelujah. <laughs> You're a new creation. So you are not just a forgiven sinner. And if you understand these things, it's going to affect how you deal in life. Amen. Those sins were wiped away. They were not covered. They were totally erased. And God recreated you. And, you know, with the recreation is justification. And with the recreation is a new nature, righteousness. We get into some of all those things in a little while, but listen to where I'm going today. There are three dimensions. The first is the level of skill or study. So man can do things via the realm or the dimension of acquiring skill or going to do a particular, you know, study. Hallelujah. I will talk about that shortly. The second level is the level of talent. The third is the level of calling. Or let me even say the talents will be the first level. Now, so what are talents? Let me start with talents. That when a man is living life in the level of talent, okay, is the level of natural gifting. He did not do anything to know how to do those things. They are just there. He met those things in himself. He grew up, she grew up to discover those things about herself. Let me give you an example. There are some people that are just naturally given to hearts. Amen. It's not like um, they studied art or they learned art somewhere, but they just can do it. Amen. So if I ask you a question, what are your talents? What are your natural giftings? What are things that you didn't pay anybody to learn? That's a level of life. So some people can come to this earth and the level they live their life is just the level of their talents. Please understand it. You see that? They can come to this life, they are born into this life, they live daily and all that. And all they get to do is living life on the level of their natural talents. The second level, this level affects the soul of man. It's a level of, of acquisition of knowledge and skill. Glory to God, to be able to solve problems. You see that? So you have some people that have discovered their talents, okay, and they go to study in the line of their talents. They become more effective. They become more efficient. You see that? And they are like masterminds in what they do. Why? Because it's their natural makeup that they've gone to, you know, sharpen to train, glory to God. And there are some people 
who go to study, we have a lot of that around here, where parents force children to study some professional courses. You know what I mean. Glory to God. All right? So we have a situation where children, or let me say men now, they actually go to study and acquire skills in areas that are not necessarily areas of their natural giftings. You see that? So their natural giftings are there, but they have acquired some skills too that they can use to solve problems. And some live in the level of their skill, you know, throughout their entire life. Hallelujah. Some people just live in the level of skill. And I mean, they do well because it's a dimension of life. Some live in, natural, in the realm of natural talents. They do well because it's also a dimension of life. Glory to God. But listen to me. When a man dwells in the realm of skill and of talents, the man can get anything but fulfillment. Amen. Now, you see a number of people who have lived their life, you know, chasing their vision, the, 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 the vision they, you know, brought up for themselves, maybe based on their skills or based on their talents, okay? Praise God. At the end of their life, they cannot explain it. There's just, there's just this vacuum. A vacuum that nothing can fill. Then you see many of them giving to philanthropy. They want to give to the poor. They want to help, you know. Yes, those are good deeds. But many do it to fill up a void on their inside. And why is that void there? The void is there because man is primarily a spirit. Hallelujah. So the third level is the level of calling. Someone say calling. So what then is calling? Your calling is God's eternal purpose or assignment for you. Amen. Your calling is God's eternal purpose or assignment for you. Let me better put it this way. Your calling is the reason for your existence. Now, let's look at it this way. If God actually created you, God made you, God sent you to this earth, listen to me, he's not a purposeless God. He's a God of purpose. Now, let me warn you, a number of us say these things, but we've not really internalized it. Because if this will dawn on you, the way you will live your life will be different. Amen. That there is a purpose that actually predates your existence. It's actually the reason you are here. Can you imagine that? That is your calling. That's what God sent you to earth to do. Hallelujah. I remember earlier on in my work with God, just about my first two, three years of salvation, and the Lord began to bring this message to me, and... Um, it just dawned on me that if I leave this world, if I live for 100 years, I live for 90 years, I live for, you know, whatever number of years, and I don't fulfill the reason I was born, then my coming to hell has been useless. I mean, it dawned on me. It dawned on my spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I got to a point where I began to see the difference between my skill, my talent, my skill, 
and my calling. Glory to God. And that's where this issue of your calling, God's purpose for you, is likely to be you just sit down and think, what are those things you like doing? Mm -mm. A calling is not known that way. A talent can be discovered that way. A natural gifting can be dis discovered that way. A skill you will love to acquire can be known that way, not your calling. Hallelujah. Your calling is God's choice, not yours. Never forget that. Your calling is God's mandate on your life to do something for him. Your calling is God's assignment for you to carry out a task for him. He sent you here, not without a purpose. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter number one. We start the reading from verse five. God was speaking to Jeremiah and he opened up a dimension here. And if you study the scriptures, you will understand that these dimensions exist. He says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Before, not after. Hallelujah. He says, before you came forth out of the womb, he said, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. For Jeremiah to be born into this world by maybe a carpenter or a blacksmith or goldsmith or something, and um, he wants to learn the trade of his father and father's fathers to live as a successful carpenter does not mean he's fulfilled. Hallelujah. And that's where you see we need to watch it. Money is not a measure of fulfillment. Hallelujah. That someone has done something and the person gets money does not mean that the person is fulfilled. Some years ago, maybe about five years ago, you know, I was in my sitting room and I was viewing the news and I heard the news that um, got me surprised. Maybe not too surprised, but it made me ponder on what happened. So right on the news, you see, was this man who was a billionaire in the US, a billionaire in dollars. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And um, the news has it that he committed suicide. And I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. He had money, he had private jets, he had houses, he had his own highland. He had everything that looked like everything was going on for him. But there was a void. And there is this void inside every human living being. Glory to God. And what is that void? Is the created longing for the creator. Is the void of the created longing for the purpose of his being made. Hallelujah. Have you gotten to a point in your life where you ask yourself, why am I here? Who sent me here? Or for one minute, wait, do you think you are a product of evolution? You mean you think that it was um, an ape that you came from? What do you believe? If you came from God, God is saying, see, listen, I don't just make beings. I have purposes why I make them. 
Spiritual intelligence tells me that if there is a reason indeed why my maker sent me here, I need to know the reason. I don't want to live a useless life. I don't want to get to the end of my work and it tells me it would have been better you were not born. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let me say this to you, that everyone is called, everyone has a calling from God, but not everyone will know it because it is spiritually discerned. Hallelujah. What we call your calling cannot be known by trying to trace what your talents are or the things you enjoy doing. Amen. It can only be revealed to you. Why? Because something has happened that has affected a number of things. Things in the realm of the soul. Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, but the natural man, the natural man, talking about the man who is not born again, amen, he, he, he cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. Let me put it that way. The natural man cannot receive the things of God. Let me better put it that way. Why? For there will be foolishness unto him. Foolishness. Neither can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. What we call your call will only be spiritually discerned. Don't be in a rush. We are going to take it. We are going to teach on it. Then how then do I know my call? Hallelujah. A number of people come to heads thinking that what can I do? Instead of searching of what have I been born to do. So that you won't be a misfit. You see, the place of grace is the place of what you've been sent to do. You won't struggle there. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Calling is the inward to ministry. I'm coming there. Please don't have any preconceived idea. Just come and listen. There's a place we are going. There's something I'm saying to you. And that's why God brought you to this platform. Please listen carefully. Don't be in a rush. I'm not saying everybody is called into fivefold ministry. Listen to me. Hold on. Hallelujah. Everyone in Christ has a ministry. Everyone in Christ is called of God to do something. That's ministry. Amen. One's calling can only be revealed to him by God. And this is called revelation. Now please listen. Amen. There is something about God and concealing things. Hallelujah. There is something about God and hiding things. You will wonder why he does that. He does that because he's hiding those things for you and not from you. Hallelujah. He's hiding those things for you and not from you. Glory to God. 
You know, there's this scripture that talks about the fact that it's the honor of God to conceal a matter, of the king to conceal a matter. Hallelujah. But it's your own honor to search it out. Search it out. Proverbs 25 and verse 2. Bible says the glory of God is the glory of God. I beg your pardon. It's the glory of God to conceal a thing. Bible says it's the glory of God. God conceals things. Your calling is concealed for you, not from you. Hallelujah. It's concealed for you. Why? Because there are scavengers. There are enemies. There are wasters of destiny. There is the kingdom of darkness. So, in hiding it, he hid it for you. And Bible says it's the honor of kings. Little wonder Bible says he has, he has called us kings and priests unto our God. It's your honor to search out the reason you've been born. It's your honor. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. So the calling upon the life of a man, all right, can be a calling into, number one, core ministry, core ministry office. And that's the one, you know, a number of people are very, very used to. But that's not all about calling. Glory to God. Number two, a calling into specific ministry. I'll define these things later, but just note them. Number three, a calling into Alps ministry. Glory to God. You need to understand these things. Hallelujah. So basically, I would say these are the three dimensions of calling. It's possible God's call on you is into core ministry. And core ministry here talks about the ministry of an apostle, a pastor, okay, an evangelist, a prophet, a teacher, <laughs> glory to God. It's called the fivefold ministry. But not everybody is called into the fivefold ministry. But it's the calling of God on some to be called into that dimension of ministry. And let me say this to you if you are a ministry gift, in other words, if you are called into the fivefold ministry, which God will reveal to you, not man, which God will reveal to you, not circumstances. Amen. We'll still come to that. You, you will be a misfit elsewhere. That's the truth. It's a mandate on your life. It's what you've been called to do. I remember as a young girl, as early as the age of four, my mind was made up that I wanted to study medicine. Ask me from age four, I'll tell you I'm a medical doctor. Hallelujah. My mind was just made up. That was what I wanted to be. Amen. 
And you know, I had it all planned out. And what I was even planning was not common. It wasn't like I saw it, but I just, it just came up in me that that's just what I want to be. My passion was to see people whole. My passion is to see people happy. I don't like seeing people unhappy. My passion is to make this world a better place for people. Hallelujah. I just knew from childhood that this was my passion. I wanted people happy. And um, I felt one way I could do it was to ensure people are in health. Amen. To take care of, sweet pe I mean, of, of sick people. And hence, it's like sharing my passion to study medicine, to become a medical doctor. Hallelujah. And while growing up, I also discovered in me that I was a good money manager. So I began to think. I also discovered, so I would say that for me, maybe my talent is administration. Let me put it that way. Glory to God. You know, I remember my dad at some point growing up um, handed over a business to me and did not believe what that business turned to when I was just 11 years. Organization, it was just my thing. It was a talent. I could have seen, I would have just said, okay, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know why I'm here on earth. <laughs> I'm an administrator. And just keep living life on that level. And maybe go study something in the line of administration. You know, ah, that will make me <laughs> superb, excellent. Amen. So I was in between two. I knew that administration was my thing. I knew. But my passion was to see people happy. How do you now administrate people happy? Ah, you know, I was in between two. So I, I felt that, no, you know what? This is what's going to happen, okay? So you're going to study medicine, and um, you're going to be a doctor. I decided if you... ...hospital and all that, and the hospital will be of international standard. I had it all planned out. Glory to God. So I set out on this. And because of that, I knew that I needed accounting skills. So I, I, you know, I just gathered all those pieces together. As a very young girl, and I set out in life. At the age of 15, I had an encounter that transformed my life, has transformed me forever. Glory to God for that encounter. That encounter, which of course led to my salvation, that encounter, the Lord told me that I sent you here as a minister of the gospel of Christ. I will never forget it. Hallelujah. All my plans and everything was just as though, amen. And that was it. It came by revelation. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Amen. Not just me. Many other, several other people. At one point in their lives, came to know their calling by revelation. Like I said, some are called into specific ministry. And under that, you have things like governance, leadership. You know, you could be called, you know, into medicine. It could be a calling of God. I've called you to go into this field. 
and get people whole. Those are specific ministry assignments. It is God that is telling you that this is what we will have you do. And you go there, you don't struggle because it's a line of grace. Hallelujah. Because some have taught that anytime you're teaching on calling a ministry, maybe it's just a fivefold ministry. No. Amen and amen. But let me add this to it. There is a dimension of the call that I will call the kingdom call. The moment you get born again, there is a call on you to preach the gospel. To see to it, we dealt with that last week, that you are part of what God is doing on the face of the earth in this business of recreating man. By faith in Christ Jesus. Number two, you are called into intercessions. These things are, as a believer, it's a call on you. You are called to intercede. You might not do it like some in the ministry offices, that it comes as, you know, part of their job description. We'll get to that shortly. But there is that dimension of the general call. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Now, let's look into understanding the call of God. There are some things you need to understand about the call of God. Do you know that people don't fail just because of what they know? Many fail because of what they don't know. Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. What that means is that my people perish for ignorance. Ignorance. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. But much more. <laughs> much more. People fail because of what they don't understand. Hallelujah. Now, some fail because of the wrong things they know. I believe you understand what I mean. They know some things. They have knowledge. But what they know is wrong or it is evil. You see that and can destroy them. All right? So there is that form of knowledge. So some people fail because of what they know. Many more fail because of what they do not know. Hallelujah. And much more fail because of what they do not understand. Ah, I pray that understanding is ministered to you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Understanding is key. We must seek the understanding of how divine things work. There is a way divine things work. It's different from this earthly knowledge that is sensual. Little Wonder Bible describes two wisdom, two different types of wisdom. It talks about the wisdom that is from above. Oh, I love that wisdom. It says that this wisdom is just, this wisdom is peaceable. James chapter 3 and verse 17. The wisdom that is from above is pure, is peaceable, is gentle, is easy to be entreated, is full of mercy and good fruits. It's without partiality and without hypocrisy. Then he describes another wisdom. And he says there is another wisdom that does not descend from above. He says this wisdom is heartly. Is sensual, is devilish. Hallelujah. May that kind of wisdom be far away from me. 
in Jesus' name. There is a way divine things work. Get understanding, beloved. Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll take the reading from verse 12 to verse 27. I'll quickly run through it. For as the body is one and hath many members, mark the word, hath many members. And all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. Oh my God. So also is what? Is Christ. If someone gets to ask you that what is Christ or who is Christ, what would you say? Hallelujah. What is Christ? Yes, someone help me in the studio here. What is Christ? Huh? I didn't hear that. Okay, so in the studio here, some are responding to me. They said, Christ is the anointed one. Hallelujah. Now, tell yourself, say, renew your mind. You are wrong. Hallelujah. And you see, this is it. These are the fundamental things. You need to understand it. Christ is the union of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and his body. That is Christ. Understand it from today. When you see Christ, understand what Bible is talking about. You have been brought into oneness with Christ. You are one with him. You've been joined to the Lord. Don't you understand? It must sink in your consciousness. You've been joined unto the Lord. You are one spirit with him. You are one spirit with him. You are Christ. Amen. And let me say this to you. Every believer all over the world, either in Nigeria or you are in Portugal or in England or you're in the United States of America or you're in Dubai, anywhere you are and you're a believer in our Lord Jesus Christ, you are part of the body of Christ. Never forget that. We are one body. And that's why love is our commandment. Because the hand cannot be against the leg. Understand these things. No two churches must be in competition. No two believers can afford to be in competition. What are you doing? And Bible states specifically here that we are members in particular. This revelation, oh my God, it didn't leave me the same. And as a believer, you must carry the body mindset. Yes, you are going to belong to a local church, yes, because it's God's design, but that does not remove you from being a member of the body. You are a member in particular. I need you. You need me. Glory to God. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Say it, I'm a member in particular. Glory to God. Now understand this. Some parts of the body will be seen, while others will not be seen, but they are equally important. Amen. 
Some part of the body is just like the human, natural human body. So it's the body of Christ, and that's why God just compares it to the body. Jesus Christ, the head, and the church, the body. Glory to God. So some parts will be seen. For instance, you go out every day, your hands are dangling, glory to God. Some even decorate and all that. Those parts are seen. For the kidney to get hungry and say, why is it that all these days nobody is seeing me? Now I must be seen. And your kidney pops out, not you, poo, and says, I want to be seen. Then there's trouble. Is this not what is causing trouble in the body? Where we are not learning to discover who we are and fit into who we are. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Some will be heard loudly, but others will walk secretly. Never forget that. It doesn't make anybody less important. Amen. Our calling is not a combat to be seen or known or heard, but rather it is revelation to be who God has made us to be, to fulfill what God has made us to fulfill. Our calling. Many years ago, the Lord said to me, embrace who I've made you to be. It starts with acceptance today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I remember sometime in my life, the Lord says your work, all your work is in the secret place. In the secret place. Amen. And um, at that time, of course, the assignment that he gave me primarily was intercession. And by his grace, I gave myself to it. The church I was attending then, I was in the prayer ministry. Nobody saw me, but my voice was heard on high. My voice was heard in a place that mattered. There were many things I could have done to be seen. The Lord said, no, I don't want you in the house side. I want you in the secret. And I accepted it. I accepted it so much that when God told me I was going to preach, I wanted to run away. I said, oh, let me just be behind this thing. You know, I just love this assignment. I'm telling you the truth. Let me just keep interceding. There are rhymes in the spirit. Oh, amen and amen. Glory to God. You need to accept who God has made you. If he says you're going to do something for him, out there, you will be seen, either it's in the fivefold ministry or in specific ministries like governments, accounting, you know, what have you, accept it with joy. Be humble and take it. And if he says you will not be seen, but you are like the engine that is making the work easy, accept it with joy. It's who you've meant to be, it's who you made you to be. He's your maker. Hallelujah. There are many assignments under the, you know, general 
helps ministry, under the, I'll, I'll still come to all that. I'll teach all those ministries, under placement helps, under specific helps, that will never be seen. They won't be seen. But their impact in the spirit is tremendous. Their impact in the spirit is awesome. You see that? And there will be some that will be seen. Amen. Glory to God. For instance, I'm, I'm standing before you teaching you now. Okay, of course you're seeing me. But my pride is not in that. All I want is the glory of God revealed. All I want is the word of God accomplishing his task in your life. Amen. All glory to God. So how do you discover God's call? How do you discover God's call? Wow. You know, this, this question is crucial. A number of people come to see me, Ma, how do I discover God's plan for my life? And it's so crucial, it's so important. We need to know why we are here. It was something in my heart for many years, Lord, why am I here? Why did you make me? Why did you send me here? You're not a purposeless God. Why am I here? And you know, in this little walk I've had with the Lord, I've come to realize that grace is in the direction of your calling. If you are where you were meant to be, you will not struggle. That doesn't mean that there won't be one or two challenges, but you will not struggle. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And you will overcome everyone of those challenges. So let's get to the question. Now, I want to answer this by the Spirit of God. Spirit of God, help me. Help me to help your precious daughters today. The first thing I'm going to say to you is never assume a call, please. Never assume a call. No, don't do it. Don't assume a call. Don't copy a call. A number of pastor's wives, you know, get in touch with me and say, I'm a pastor's wife. I love what you are doing. I want you to train me to do the same. I said, I want to train you to do what God has called you to do. Trying to be another me is like a photocopy of me. Be you. You are uniquely you. You see that? Yes, there are some things that, you know, we can learn here and there. But the truth is that you have to discover for yourself why God sent you here. So how? You need to know, number one, that when it comes to the matters of your calling, it can only be known by God revealing it to you. That's called revelation. Revelation. 
Amen. It can be known by God revealing it to you. God has to reveal it to you. It can, it's, it's not a guesswork. It's not an assumption. It's not something you copy onto. It's God himself revealing it to you. And many years ago when I discovered that to know one's calling is for God to reveal it to one. I also discovered that God is much more willing to reveal it to you than you are willing to know it. Never forget that. Amen. So it dawned on me that, okay, if my calling will be revealed to me by God, then wisdom says that I should get close to God. Imagine that there is a family secret in the heart of your grandfather. Amen. Amen. And that secret, any child he reveals it to, is going to be a great child. The wise ones will move close to grandpa. True. The foolish ones will fight grandpa. Say it now, Abby, what's the issue? What, what, what is this? We use this wisdoms in little, I mean wisdom in little things of life. This thing can only be revealed to you. They move close to the revealer. Hallelujah. So, you see, knowing your call, discovering God's call for your life, okay, it comes in a place of intimacy with God. And I will tell you why. And let me just, you know, I want to be free to say quite a number of things here. The discovery of your calling, the reason why you're here, is not in one sitting. Please never forget that. Not for any man. It has never been in one sitting. You can have the summary in a sitting, all right? But when you have the summary, that's still not, you know, like you've discovered everything about your call. We know in part it's precepts upon precepts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'll try to use myself as an example, not for anything. I know myself and maybe a few people that I know about. So I had an idea at the age of 15, when I had an encounter with the Lord, that the Lord would have me do ministry. He said, you were born for this purpose. And at that encounter, I already had an inkling that, okay, I was going to do ministry, but watch this. Because of my passion, because of my talents, guess what I was thinking? I was thinking that I was going to be you know, assisting a pastor somewhere in a church, you know, I'm just assisting a pastor. Then I'll be practicing my medicine, jelly on one side. Then, you know, I'll be walking up to own my own hospital. I still had all those plans. Little did I even know. I'll tell you about it very soon. <laughs> Glory to God. So I, I, I began to work with God. And when I say work with God, what does it mean? I want to bring everything to. What it means is that you live depending on him. Hallelujah. You live in the consciousness of he being the author of your life. 
You trust in him. You pray to him. You study his word. You are willing to hear him talk to you. That's a work with God. You don't want to keep living on and living on without God saying anything to you, without his input, without his contribution to your life. No. In fact, you make his contribution the number one. <laughs> Every other thing is after it. Glory to God. And the inroad to discovering your call is you have to be born again. You know why? Because these things are spiritually discerned. Bible says a natural man cannot know them. Now, let me say this carefully too. Some people stumble into their call. I will not forget to say that. An example is Cyrus. Cyrus was a man that by calling, he was destined to be a leader. But when people stumble into God's calling for them, it's a good thing, but the challenge with it is that they can never get to maximize it. Why? Because of their ignorance of spiritual things. And the call that is easy to stumble on are those that have specific callings, I mean, specific ministry, like governance, leadership, and all that. If you're called into the fivefold, I don't know you want to stumble on that. Amen. Or if you're called into what I call placement helps ministry, I'll define all those things subsequently. I don't know how you want to stumble on that. Glory to God. So some people in the specific ministry, they stumble on their calling. But the truth is that even with stumbling on it, they are never able to maximize that call, talk less of fulfilling it. Amen. Glory to God. So this is it. There is such a thing as discovering God's call for your life. We are going to look at a number of examples, but before we do that, I want to separate discovering God's call from your life, for your life, from receiving God's call on your life. Please, there are two different things. Discovering God's call for your life is different from receiving God's call on your life. Wait, let me explain. Hallelujah. All right. So discovering God's call is that place where you get to that you begin to have like a knowing, like an inkling into what God has called you to do. Like I had at the age of 15. You see that? Glory to God. When God told me that for this reason you were born, I already had an inkling. I had an idea. Amen. Now, after the age of 15, for me to leave my academics and go and carry the Bible and the bell and say, God has spoken to me. He said, for this reason, I'm born. I've been born to teach the word, to preach the gospel. You know, it's foolishness. In between, Discovering God's call for your life and receiving God's call on your life is a season called the season of preparation. Never forget that. 
a number of people who have gotten to discovering God's call for their lives and they run. They start running with that. And they end up making a mess of such call. Discovering the call of God for your life is a call to be with him and to learn of him. That's the call. When, God, when you begin to have an inkling, you have an understanding, you have a revelation into what God will have you do, you see that? Just at that point, just at that point, you begin to know that this is a call for you to come. To come and learn of him. A call for you to come and be with him. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. Let me start the reading from verse 13 to 15. And he went up into a mountain. Can I have this in NKJV, please? And he went up on the mountain, talking about Jesus Christ himself, and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. They came to him. Then he appointed 12. That they might do what? That they might do what? Be with him and they might, that he might what? Send them out to preach. Go back to KJV. Hallelujah. And he went up into a mountain and called unto him whom he would. And they came unto him and he ordained twelve. That they should do what? Be with him that he might send them forth to preach. Oh God. So when he called them the first time unto himself, the call was for what? To what end? For them to be with him. To learn of him. So that, why? He can send them to preach. The first call was not the call, come and go and start preaching. Never. God doesn't walk that way. Hallelujah. Now let's study some people in scriptures. Let's start with the calling of Abraham. We want to look at the calling of specific people in scriptures. The calling of Abraham. Genesis chapter 12. We start the reading from verse 1 to 4. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham. Look at that phrase. The Lord had said unto Abraham. He had said. He was not just saying. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that what? I will show you. Next verse. And I will make you a great nation. This was here a promise. God was telling him what he would do to him if he obeys what he said. So God had actually spoken to him and he did not, you know, at that time rise to go. But he later did. He stood up to embark on that journey. You see that? And that was the call of Abraham. Now I want to call your attention to this. When Abraham departed, it wasn't something of go straight, turn right, Yes, keep going, keep going. Now turn left. Yes, that's the place I want you to go. You see that? But what was it? It was a walk of you must trust in me. You must depend on me. You see that? Do you know how many years that journey took Abraham to arrive at that promised place? Hallelujah. 
Oh, praise be the Lord. Let's look at the calling of Moses. And you know, the calling of Moses looks like what happens to a number of believers when they are called. And by God's grace, that comes to an end today. Amen. Exodus chapter 2, I start the reading from verse 11 to 14 quickly. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an Egyptian smitten an Hebrew, one of his brothers or brethren. And he looked this way and that way. When he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him, what that, what, he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smittest thou your fellow? And he said, Who made you prince or a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Eh? Moses became afraid and said, Surely this thing is known. Now stop there. What will make a man stand up from his house and is going out? And he sees an Egyptian and, you know, an Israelite fighting. This is a man that lives in the palace of, <laughs> of the king. You see that? And you kill an Egyptian, knowing well the king is an Egyptian, because you want to fight for the Israelites. He knew, he, he began to have an inkling, discovery of his purpose. Within him was an inkling that he is called to deliver the Israelites from the hands of the Egyptians. Amen. And immediately, you know, that prompting came to him. He wanted to start killing the Egyptians. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Exodus 3 and verse 1 to 6. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and, bush, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. God used a sight to call his attention. In between, you know, Exodus chapter 2, where he had to run away, and this portion of Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, Moses was busy tending the flock of who? Of his father-in-law. God had taken him through the process of what he needs to learn to be a leader to the sheep. You see, you see how God does things? When he ran away, he did not run to a man that was a, he did not run, pardon me, to a man that was a fisherman. That would just be fishing, fishing, fishing. He did not run to a man that was a carpenter. He ran to uh, a man who had a flock, a shepherd. Why? Because there were things to learn in the process of his making. Never forget that. And that's why I said to you, 
in between the discovery of God's call for your life and receiving God's call on your life is the season of preparation. Never forget it. Amen. You see that? So, Moses knew somehow that he just, you know, there was just that thing there that you have to deliver these people from the Egyptians. And that was all he knew. But he didn't have a mentor to tell him how. But God gave him a mentor in the shepherd. Hallelujah. Go learn how to tend the flock. The principles that will tend the flock is the same principle that will lead my people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 27, quickly. Please are you getting blessed. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called what? The son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused. Something was within him that was saying to him, you are a deliverer of these people. Verse 25 says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Look at that. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Yeah. By faith, he forsook Egypt. Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Hiya. Look at that. Amen and amen. amen. Bible records that of Moses. Let's look at, let's look at Saul. Amen. Or let me allow you to go and study Saul. Because there, there are some people I need us to get to. Okay? Or we look at David. Should we just quickly take a look at David? Amen. You look at the call of these people. Now, let me, let me just paraphrase that of Saul. Saul was a man, you know, born of the descent of Benjamin, and his father just lo he, he, he lost um, one of his, his herds or his sheep, you know. And Saul, okay, Hassis, Bible says, Saul of Kish was on his way to go and look for the lost you know, has. Hallelujah. And while he was going, I, I believe a guy with, with him, maybe a, a servant or something said to him, why are we stressing ourselves? There is a man in that place. Amen. And this man is a man of God. He's an honorable man of God. Let's go to him. If he can just, you know, by the giftings in him, tell us where this ship is. Instead of just... Because where do we want to go to look for this ship? And you know, he obliged. Little did he know that that guy was sent to show him a direction to destiny. He called him a servant, but he was relevant on his part of destiny. And there are people like that that God will send you away. Someone could have invited you to refine. Someone could have told you about, why not just, you know, it may just be a simple thing, and it's God that is back of it. And so they go, they go to Prophet Samuel. And when they got there, they came to look for an house, but he found kingship. 
How did he find the kingship? By fighting for it? No. He didn't even know anything because kingship had never existed in Israel. It was the people asking for it and God had them in mind to be the king. Hallelujah. Then Samuel took a vial of oil. No, give me, give me that previous, um, okay. Samuel said to him, as for your asses that were lost three days ago. Can you imagine? It's been three days. Set not thy mind on them. <laughs> they are not the issue, for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you? Has kingship. Some people may be in this meeting, you've been running after career. And this will be your encounter. Some people may be in this meeting and you've just been trying to force yourself to do ministry. But you discover today, in, this, in, this, in the course of refined, that you've been called into leadership. Let God do what he alone can do. The calling is revealed. It's not out of desire. It's not God, please make me a pastor. No. Hallelujah. You can desire, you know, to be a deacon. You can desire offices. In, you, you can't desire to be a fivefold, to be a ministry gift. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go back to that scripture. Okay. And um, as they were going to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, bid the servant pass on before us. In other words, tell your servant to be going. His assignment is done. He showed you to the prophet that will connect you to your destiny. His assignment is done. But stand thou a while that I may show you the word of the Lord. Ah, yeah. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon Saul's head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord had anointed you captain over his inheritance? Look at the call of Saul. Do you know that after this anointing, go to the next verse, the crown was not placed on his head immediately. He says, when thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men at Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zelza. And they will say unto you, the asses which you are looking for have been found and lo, your father has left looking for asses to be looking for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Next verse. <laughs> then shall thou go on forward from thence. Don't mind them. Keep going forward. And thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. And there you will meet three men. Going up to God, to God, to Bethel. One carrying three kids. Another carrying three loaves of bread. Another carrying a bottle of wine. Look at covenant elements. And they will salute you. They will, give you two, they will give you two loaves of the bread out of the three. They will give you two, which thou shalt receive in their hands, of their hands. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery and a tablet and a pipe and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. Then the spirit of the Lord upon them will come upon you. So this man is not a prophet, was never known to be a prophet. He says the spirit of God will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and shall be turned into what? 
another man. Shall be turned into what? Another man. Look at this calling. And let it be when these signs are come unto thee that go and do as occasion serve you. <laughs> For God is with you. He did not say when you have received the bread, when you have received this thing, you have received that, come, I will put the crown on you. All this was still his preparation. Until the crown was then laid on him. Let's look at the man David. Hallelujah. The crown was laid on him in 1 Samuel 10, if you want to go through that. All right? <laughs> Amen. All right, let's look at the call of David. The call of David was summarized in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16. You start the reading from verse 1. Look at it. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? That's a message for another day. Saying, I have rejected him for reigning, from reigning over Israel. Fill thy horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse, the, the, the Bethlehemite, okay? For I have provided me a king among his sons. So God did not even tell him the name of the king. He sent him to his father's house. Hallelujah. And you know, to just cut the long story short, Samuel got to the father's house, and Samuel saw one of his brothers, Eliab, and you know the man was eighty, looked like, yeah, that's the king. And he says, surely the Lord's anointed is before the Lord. Eh, eh, don't do that. Hallelujah. Don't do that. He's not the one I've chosen. Guess what? The one I've chosen is in the place where he is training how to be a leader. Look at the training of, 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 of David. He was also a shepherd boy. Hallelujah. He was tending the flock, and most of all those people are not tending their own flock. It's the flock of a father somewhere. That's a message. It's the flock of a father. He was tending the flock of his father. And God said, <laughs> he is the one. So they all stood to wait for him. And when he came, hallelujah, in verse 12, and he sent and brought him of 1 Samuel 16. Now he was ruddy and without of a beautiful countenance. That was David. And goodly to look to. He was a handsome man. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Amen. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Beloved, one time the Lord told me to study between the discovery of God's call of David and the receiving of the call of God. That he was anointed here did not put him on the throne that day. His preparation what? Started. You see that? His preparation started. So let, let me say this, you know, we can also look at the calling, you know, of the disciples. Amen. You can look at the calling of Saul of Tarsus. Saul said it. After he had that encounter on his way to Damascus, he did not begin to preach immediately. Hallelujah. Have you forgotten? Of the seasons he went to spend, amen. He spent three years in um, Arabia, am I right? Glory to God. Alone with God, learning of him, 
So please, when did you discover ministry and why are you out there already? What are you doing? Did God send you to do what you're doing? Amen. Glory to God. And any man who jumps this season of preparation is always shows later. May you not miss your preparation season. In the name of Jesus. I can go on and on to talk about different callings in the Bible. But you know, let me, let me say this. To discover God's plan and purpose for you, all it starts with is a desire to know it. That desire to know it must take you over. God does not want to release it to people who do not really want to know it. He doesn't want to release it to people who just want to assess it. They want assessment, you know. That God, in hell, I can live by my skill. I can live by my talent. Let me hear the one you want me to do. Amen. Pardon me to put it this way. I want more bomoya. God is not ready to release, reveal any purpose to them. You see that? Never forget that. God wants to see that you are him. And that's why, you know, I remember on the way to discovering purpose, a lot of pouring out myself, Lord, I'm yours. It's your will that I would do. You must be interested in the reason you were born. You have to be. You didn't make yourself. That interest must be there. And you must be willing. You must be able to call upon the name of the Lord. Some prayers will not leave you. You cry to him, Lord, that I may know your will for me. <sighs> Hallelujah. Number two. Immediately, I said number one, I said all those points on that number one, is that you must what? Huh? You must, I have not said be with God. I said you must be interested. You must be willing to know it. That's the point. You must be willing to know it. Number two, you must be ready to be with God, to work with him. You must be willing to work with him. Let me say this to you. A lot of people will not know their purpose on the first day that they ask God. Why? Because there are some dimensions of purpose that cannot be given to you until you are matured enough to know it. Amen. If God had told me that it was full-time ministry that I would do at the age of 15, I would run away. That's the truth. But you know, the way he just packaged it and told me, I just had, you know, in knowing that, okay, he will preach the gospel. He did not say, you will not practice this medicine. I mean, for crying out loud. I just finished secondary school. I was preparing for my jam when I had that encounter. Working hard for my jam to meet up the cutoff of medicine. And when he told me I'll preach God, I was happy. I know many medical doctors who still preach the gospel. 
So I didn't count it anything too serious. You know, it's okay. We'll preach. We'll do your will. I love you, Lord. I just kept loving him, you know, loving him, loving him, loving, loving his will. Oh, Lord, is your will that where you may send me, I will go. You know? Oh, my life belongs to you. My life belongs to you. My life belongs. Oh, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to you. I just kept loving him every day. Yielding to him, telling him his will I would do. God washed me. I entered university. Part one medicine. Part two. Part three. He didn't tell me anything. And I finished. And I wanted to do my residency. The Lord now said that. <laughs> Daughter. <laughs> Daughter. I said, yes, Lord. <laughs> I was so happy. I'm calling you out of medicine in two minutes. I said, what? Why did... But at the time he was telling me, I was matured for it, beloved. Yes, I was. I was. He had taken me through a process. If he told me that when I was 15, honestly speaking, ah, there is no way I would have, I would have run away. I'm telling you the truth because I had my plans. And my plans were set. Glory to God. And everything was working together. I'd already seen the steps working. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory to God. So it's not that they won. Can you imagine? Though Moses had an incline, he did not know that he was in that dimension of fire and brimstone <laughs> that we deliver the children of Israel. If he knew, maybe he would have run away. I mean, he actually ran away. Uh, <laughs> he even ran away. <laughs> because the question is, where was he running to? I mean, you had, this, you had known that and somehow it's you God wants to use for these people. And you ran away from them. And God sent him back to his place of destiny assignments. May God send you back to the place of your destiny assignments. In Jesus' name. You see that? So please never, never, never forget that. It is not enough. Okay, so I said, you should do what? You should walk with God. All right? Walk with God. Never forget that. Thirdly, as you walk with God, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever he speaks to you of the future, write it down. There are a number of us, you know, before, at the time I was going to know that, ah, this is a call into full-time ministry was when I was beginning to put the pieces of God's prophecies here and there together. Something he said to me five years ago, he said to me, you know, you just put everything together, it will now form. Yeah, full-time ministry, hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see what I mean? Right it down. Whatever he tells you to do, do. Whatever he speaks to you of the future, do what? Write it down. Remember I told you that he's much more willing to tell you what that purpose is than you are willing to know. At the point when you are ready, he will reveal it to you. Don't be in haste. Just keep walking with him. Whatever he tells you to do, do. Amen. It is not enough to be called. It is more important to be prepared for the fulfillment of the call. 
Amen. A number of people are just carried away by the joy of I'm called to do this. Hey, I've discovered it. Oh, I'm called to do this. No, 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 no. Amen. It's more important to be prepared to fulfill that call. Many ministers fail not because they plan to fail, but because they fail to prepare. Many failed not because they prepared to fail, but simply because they failed to prepare. If you study the men I spoke of above and look at their preparation for what they were called to do, it will be amazing to you. Can you imagine that Abraham spent, was it 15 or 25 years now, help my, to wait on God for a child 25 solid years of his life, 75 to 100. Amen. 25 solid years of his life. <sighs> to wait on God for a child, why? Was it that it was so difficult for God to give him a child? No. What was he learning? He was learning total dependency on God. Because an instruction was coming to him that would determine, <laughs> that would determine the future of mankind. So he had worked with God in trust and dependence to a point where he had gotten to a point that whatever you tell me to do is what I will do. So when the instruction came that carry your son, your only son, to the mountain that I will show you, a mountain it, it took him three days to find. He would have gone back in the middle of the road. Three days to find that mountain of Moriah. And he went there. By the time he got there, you could not talk him out of listening to God. Even the Lord was asking, where is the sacrifice? <laughs> he said the Lord will provide for himself. Do you think it's a day's work with God that will produce that kind of result? That a man can take his son, his only son, to a mountain he will look for for three days to sacrifice and put him on the bed and carry the knife up to slay him. And God says, now I know that you fear me. What was that? God needed a man of faith to carry out in the physical what he wanted to do for mankind. And it was significant in prophecy. Too significant. He must obey. And he spent years depending on God just for that one lesson. Hallelujah. Oh, beloved, God prepares his ministers for what he has prepared them for. God prepares his ministers for what he has prepared them to fulfill. Oh, my prayer for you today is that you will never get to the place of manifestation unprepared. In the name of Jesus. God said something to me many years ago. He said, I make my ministers in the secret. Hallelujah. Beloved, beloved, don't be hasty to be known. No. That's not how to fulfill your call. Don't be in haste. If your destiny is to be known in him, you will be known. Don't be in haste. Hallelujah. Don't be hasty about it. Walk with God. Tell somebody, say, walk with God. Now tell yourself, say, walk with God. Call your name. Say, Olufunke, walk with God. 
Walk with God. Hallelujah. Let God prepare you for the assignment he has prepared for you. Another will not take your place in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you see, the part of preparation differs from person to person. I don't know why, but preparation just differs. Even studying through scriptures, preparation just differs. And I have just learned that um, the preparation of a minister would depend on one is obedience to God. Hallelujah. Two is yieldedness to God. And three, the type of assignment that he is called to do. You see that? Now, let me give you an instance. Someone that God is planning in his, in his plan for the person, God is taking the person to a very great place. The person is going to be very great. Very, very great. Let me use a life example, you know. Say like Pastor Yi Adeboye. And the Pastor Yi Adeboye is just about um, 20 years. He's born again. He's brilliant. He's gifted. But he's proud. You see, pride cannot stay where Pastor Adeboye is staying. So you already know that in the preparation of this man, he's not ready to enter into the fullness of this greatness until he is emptied of this pride. Now imagine that that pride is something he holds onto so dearly. <laughs> you know, sometimes he calls it, you know, self-confidence, but he does not know it is already in the zone of pride. And where God is taking him to, he cannot afford to go there with pride. If not, the pride will consume him like fire. I mean, how do you explain that the preparation of some people, the part that they will have to go through will be the part of tests and trials and temptations? An example is Joseph. How many of you remember Joseph in scriptures? Look at the part Joseph was taking through to fulfill his destiny. Number one, his own brothers. What did they do to him? Huh? They sold him, they, oh my God, to slavery. His own brothers. You know that thought alone could have destroyed him? Amen. That thought alone could have destroyed him. Glory to God. And immediately leaving that part, I was going to say, oh, thank you, God, for delivering me from this. He ended up in Potiphar's house. And in Potiphar's house, it was HOD of everything in the house. And right there, another crisis arose. The wife of the man of the house is begging him daily to sleep with her. This is a very beautiful woman, extremely beautiful. Have you read of Potiphar's wife before? And if you read that scripture, I never even saw it until some years ago, the Holy Spirit showed me. It wasn't one day that she asked him to sleep with him. She had been begging him, luring him, you know, doing everything that he, she would look at him. Ah, he was tempted. Sir, Joseph was tempted. Ma, Joseph was tempted. On the path to destiny. The place he's going is where? Where is he going? He's going to greatness. He's going to leadership. 
See the kind of test, beautiful, Motomo, tempting him on his part. What kept him? He said, will I do this evil and sin against God? No. By refusing evil, he ended up in prison. Could he not be in that prison and just wallowing, thinking that this God, but why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? God has forsaken me. Oh, I'm not even no, no, no. I'm not even serving this God again. I'm not serving him. Why me? But rather, no. Even in that prison, he was seeking God. And what was this? the rest of the story? From prison to what? To palace. Look at the preparation of David. From the moment David knew <laughs> that it was that oil came on his head, that he was anointed to be the king of Israel, he had not yet become king. To he going to the throne, please go and study it. And look at his preparation. It was then he had to meet with a bear. He had to fight with a lion. He had to, as, though that, as though that was not enough. Saul now started his own. David ran from village to village, from bush to bush, from cave to cave, before he could sit on that throne. Beloved, there are different parts to the preparation. For some of you, God will have to prepare you through other men. I spoke of Joseph, I mean, I spoke of Moses. Through other men. So if you are if you're someone that knows me, I don't want to serve anybody, I don't want to submit to anybody, I don't want to, you know, this to anybody, there will be trouble. say, no, 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 I don't want anybody. The Holy Spirit is mine. No, it's the path God chooses for you. The part of your preparation is God's exclusive decision. Amen. Glory to God. Have you seen an organization employ someone and say, go and train yourself to come and work for us? It's God's assignment. He knows what he must put in you. And many times, the reason some people experience some, ex I mean, some have some experiences that are not, you know, too tolerable. I mean, too good. Let me put it that way. Um, on the part of preparation, is usually because they are holding on to one attitude or another that are anti their going to their destiny, and God must rid them of it. Amen. God must empty them of that thing because he just cannot get to the place of fulfillment with you. And I want to implore you, you see, people will allow the word of God walk in them. Are people who more often than not will escape being trained through experience. You see that? 
Let the word of God work in you thoroughly. When the word is showing you something, you need to stop this. You need to, for some, it's anger. And where you are going to, you are going to carry a dimension of God's anointing that you cannot afford to be hungry. If not, you will use that anointing against God's will. Say, not me. Imagine someone who is called to carry a Ketrin Kuman anointing in this generation. And you get angry easily. Ah, God is going to rid you of that hangout. Because he will not want a situation that maybe someone does something later in life, later in life and you say, you, you will die by two days' time. And you are killing the next generation's Amy McPherson. Because you are hungry. The dealings of God. There are some people you know, believers, going through one or two things. It's, it's thorough dealing. There are some things they must forsake. He can't get to fulfillment of destiny with them. Their destiny is too high for such lower issues of life. You see that? Glory to God. And there are some people that God will train through pre-assignments. Amen. Where he's taking you to is to be um, maybe an evangelist, you know, to the nations, or a pastor to the nations, a prophet, something very big. Or he's taking you to be, you know, maybe the, the, the first female president of the, of the nation. It could be somebody's destiny. Are you aware no man gets to rulership without God knowing about it? Go and ask people who have done everything. Sacrifice pregnant woman, sacrifice baby just to become president. And they never, they don't even taste it. God resists them. Amen. Don't silly things just because they want to hold to power. And it's never, it, it doesn't even, it doesn't even, it doesn't touch their hands. Hallelujah. God can prepare you through pre-assignments. He says, now go and do this. That's why he said, whatever he tells you to do, do what? Do it. I remember when I was on campus, I mean, university days, and the Lord would say to me, raise that young lady for me. I would say, Lord, how do I raise a young lady? And gradually, the Lord starts telling me what to do. Do this. Tell her to do that. You know, instruction upon instruction. I didn't, you know, I was just starting. It's not like I knew everything then. Some I did correctly. Some I did not do correctly. I was just following him. Amen. Little did I know that he had something for me in life to raise women for him. I didn't know. He didn't even tell me that at 15. He just said you would, you know, you preach the gospel. And I was happy. I was happy going to be an assistant pastor, assisting somebody in the work of the ministry. I was proud. I was happy to do that. Amen. Glory to God. The hand of preparation is coming on you. Oh, the Lord said, first, in this refine, before the end of refine, the eyes of women will pop open. Many will discover what they have been born to fulfill. In the name of Jesus. And many of you, 
as the Lord lives before whom I stand, who live on this side of eternity to fulfill your God-given destiny by his mighty hand of preparation that is resting on you right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. I see someone on this platform. The Lord says, I am raising her myself. Oh, Brabha Shandi. And in that, I have sent her to you to be raised, to be raised. For where I'm raising her for is a great place and a mighty place. For her voice shall be over many waters, saith the Lord. <laughs> she shall speak, and her words shall have impact over multitudes, saith the Lord. And she's on this platform, this refined, this year. Now let the Spirit of God rest on you where you are. Let the power of the Most High take you over. Oh, thank you, Father. The Lord says, that same person says, I'm connecting her to you beyond refined for mentoring. Don't be in any haste. We just started. This is our second class. Now lift up your hands and give Jesus praise. Worship him. Exalt him. Extol him. Honor him. Adore him. Oh, thank you, Father. I want us to sing this song. Say, Father... I love you. Oh. <laughs> I live my life before you. Oh, how I love you. Sing it one more time. Say, Father. Father, how I love Say, Father, Father, how I love you. I lay, I lay my life before you how I, my God how I love why not call Jesus now call him Jesus Jesus how I love you sweet Jesus Jesus, how I love I lay, I lay my life before you Say how, how, how I love Tenderly call spirit now. Just call him. Say, Holy Spirit. Spirit. How I love. I love you, Holy Spirit. Say it. I live my life before you. Hey. 
I see the Lord doing a walk in our midst this morning. Let him do it. I want you to just pray in the spirit at this time. <laughs> I want you to pray in the spirit at this time. Oh Lord, I stir up your daughters. I stir them up. I stir them up. I stir them up. <laughs> Unto your will for their lives, oh God. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh Lord, I give you praise and I give you glory. Just soak in that anointing. The anointing is right there where you are. The glory of God is with you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All right, this is where I stop the teaching today. Please don't forget our vigil tomorrow. I'm sorry, I announced 12 last week. I didn't remember at that time that it was second Friday of the month. Okay, so tomorrow we are having our 30 minutes video from 12 midnight to 12.30. Please don't miss it. And kindly ensure you read chapters 1 and 2 of 5 M's of ministry. We are going to be reviewing that on Monday. Now you're going to have an assignment. It will be posted on your family circle pages. Please do your assignment and submit as at Wendy. All submissions should be made by Wednesday next week before the third class, all right? All assignments must be submitted by Wednesday next week, all right? Remember that I love you and God bless you. Father, I commit your daughters unto you, oh God. You hone them, you made them, you sent them here. Revealer of deep and secret truths. Revealer of deep and secret things. Reveal yourself to them, oh God, and reveal your purpose to them. Oh, strengthen their hearts, oh God, in doing your will. Thank you so much, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. See you same time next week and God bless you. Bye.